0: This week on the Small Church Media Podcast, we're dipping back into the conversation around sermon series graphics and asking the question Are they a good use of your limited, valuable time? If sermon graphics really don't do much for your sermon, why should you waste your time on them? Or if they are highly effective, are they a good use of your time? And how can we make sure that we use our time well with building out those sermon series graphics? You ready to find out? Let's go. This is the Small Church Media Podcast with Mark Hyde. Well, what is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Small Church Media Podcast. It's about that time where you guys are jumping into your summer schedule, which for me, when I was a youth pastor... You know, everyone thought, oh, Mark, your summer schedule must be so easy. You ain't got youth group. You don't have these meetings. But for me as a youth pastor, my schedule got absolutely insane with having a plan for VBSs, with having a plan for student ministry events, for children's ministry events, for just church events in general, trying to figure out ways where we're out of the normal rhythm of school. Is there ways that we as a church community could come together and spend more time with one another? And if you're one of those churches that doubles down and goes even harder during the summer season... I hope you're doing well with all the planning that's coming down the pike or if your church gets a little bit more laid back and summer it is a bit of a relaxing period for you where you're able to just take a breath coming out of Christmas and then Easter and then Mother's Day and then end of student ministry or Awana or whatever kid ministry you have you're able to take that break I would encourage you to take a little bit of time and just go through your website, go through your social media, because now is the best time to do some cleanup on the website. Because as people are looking to get their kids involved in maybe a new children's ministry or get their teenager involved in a student ministry, they may start looking at websites in your area and in your community. So I just want to encourage you to look at your website. Make sure all the content is good to go. Make sure you have your Easter reminders off of your website. (laughs) that You even have your Christmas websites pages off of your Website, and if you're not even sure if your website is doing its job, if you head over to our free resource library over at smallchurch.media for completely free, you can download a website audit. It's a PDF, it's a four-step t- well, four-step, more like four tests that you personally will put your website through just to make sure that your website is doing its job. So I want to encourage you if you have a little bit of a break, if you have a little bit of pause, don't just think, oh, you know what, everything is fine, everything is golden, everything is happy, but truly give your media all the way down down to even how you guys do your visual media in your presentation and how you maybe even communicate with your volunteers. I would encourage you guys to just take that break and make sure you're doing what you need to do. You know, a couple weeks, uh, it's probably actually a few weeks now, we had that great conversation with Adam Meyer over at Worship Tools, and I've been in conversation with him a lot since then. Uh, maybe not a lot. That's, that's actually a lie. I've been in conversation with him some since then, and I know some of you guys who are listeners to the podcast actually signed up for their presentation software or for their volunteer management software, and I am just beyond thankful that you guys took the steps and were actually signed up to better your church's media. And if you have not yet, if you're still using PowerPoint or text messages or email chains or all these different things to both actually manage your volunteers but then also present your church, you know, church media stuff in terms of your sermon slides and your worship song lyrics and all the different things. If you're back in the remote days of Google Slides or PowerPoint or whatever, dive into worship tools. It's completely free. The free trial will never end. And Adam even gave us his word on our podcast that if you signed up for the free version it will always be free. There's no you know, bait and switch. There's no anything like that where they get you in and then they Netflix you and they just keep bumping up the price. He created that software for small churches with small churches in mind. So if you're still using an old archaic presentation software, I would encourage you to dive into Worship Tools Presenter. Or if you're not even using anything to manage your volunteers across the board for all things related to your church, whether it's worship ministry or even kids ministry, dive into Worship Tools Planner, I think it's planner, planning, planner, but either way, go to worshiptools.com. This is not a sponsor ad at all. I just love Adam, and I love the products that they have over there, what they're trying to do to just come alongside small churches. Well, last week, we had a great conversation around the sermon series graphics and the seven rules and some tips that you can take out of the conversation that make sure you have good sermon series graphics. And, you know, you might have listened to that conversation. Okay, Mark, I get the rules. I get the tips. Okay, I'm not going to do all all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, they still take so much valuable time out of my day to just make these sermon series graphics. And if I'm spending two, three, four hours on these sermon series graphics— they don't even look that great. We're breaking the rules. Are they even effective? And not just effective, but are they a good use of your very limited time? So today we're gonna talk about four reasons why sermon graphics are in fact a good use of that limited time. And before we jump into those four points, I just want to let you know I woke up this morning with my voice completely shot. So, <laughs> so it may sound completely normal to you guys. It may sound deeper. I don't, I don't really know. But if my voice starts to legitimately poop out and you hear some crackles and some pops and you hear about voice squeak and squeal a little bit, just laugh at me, I can laugh at myself, (laughs) laugh at me, and we'll just keep going on. But I'm going to try to keep this conversation even shorter than normal, just because my voice actually legitimately hurts right now. I know you guys as pastors totally, totally feel that. So we're going to just jump in and talk about the four reasons why sermon graphics are in fact a good use of your limited time. The first one is the fact that we live in a visual culture. We live in a visual a visual culture. I have some stats here, and any stat that I use today in today's conversation actually comes from my marketing company's website called movableinc.com. They had an article that was tremendous. I'll have it in the show notes of 29 incredible stats that prove the power of visual marketing. And I would encourage even you as a, even if you're you know, just a small church pastor, or you're just a volunteer, or you're just a part-time, you know, communications director, I would encourage you just to read through those stats because they are tremendous. I'm not going to read all 29. I just brought the ones out that I think are very pertinent to today's conversation. But today we are living in such a visual culture that I don't know if you know this or not, but 90% of the information processed by our brain is actually visual. So 90% of the information processed by our brain is actually visual. I mean, think about it, we watch movies, we scroll on social media. We walk around outside. We take in all the scenery that's around us. Art has always been a part of the human existence. You can go all the way back and even see, you know, the hieroglyphics in Egypt. Those were art pieces. You can even see the quote-unquote caveman scratches in the in the caves to tell stories or whatnot. Art has always been a way to visually communicate what is going on in our culture. And so the brain is just processed and wired to have visual stimulants. And in fact, we have – we. It, We take in 90% of our information that our brain takes in is visual, not just audio, not just verbal. And we're actually told, and we have a lot of different stats and statistics that actually prove that the more senses you engage – the more likely you are to remember something. So if you're actually, and this is something that I was taught when I was in college, if I had a hard time actually having um, reading comprehension, which side note, on my ACT, SAT, always a kid, reading comprehension was the worst thing that I ever, ever, ever had. Like I, I could rank high in math and history and stuff I already knew, but if I had to read it and then go take a test on what I just read, it was just absolutely abysmal. So I was actually taught that while I'm reading my textbooks, what I could actually do is read my textbook and then while I'm reading the textbook, actually listen to what I am also reading. And then after I am done actually doing that, look at some, look. not even just look at pictures of what is actually going on, but if we're talking about specifically, let's talk about Bible and theology, right? I'm doing a class on Joshua. I'm reading about Joshua and, and the marches and the scenes and the, the locations of everything. After it was all said and done, I was told now go get a map and actually see where all of these places actually are. Or not just get a map, but view a timeline, look at a timeline timeline of how it's all laid out. One of my favorite things to do is study church history, but what is kind of fascinating, I didn't really realize this until I was even in seminary, is how much of Christian history still happens at the exact same time that true world events happen. So for me to understand that visually speaking, I would look at timelines to connect all the different dots together. In the same way that I was able to process more information visually. That's just not a me thing. That's a culture thing that we live in a visual culture. And more than just knowing that we live in a visual culture, I don't know if you knew this or not, but it only takes 13 milliseconds, not 13 seconds, but 13 milliseconds for a human brain to process the image that it is viewing. And the human brain processes images 60,000 times faster than Text. Here's what this means for you as a pastor. When you're just up on stage talking for 45 minutes, we'll get into this a little bit more later. If you're just talking with no visual support behind you, people are less likely to take in the information quickly, and then they will be even more difficult to re rever- like regurgitate. We'll say regurgitate like a cow, regurgitate that information back out when someone actually asks that question. So, as, as we're going through with our sermons, yes, I'm a firm believer of when you make a point put an image up on the slide. If you have a example or a illustration that you're using, put a picture of that illustration on the slide. But even more than that, I think it's great to have a church sermon graphic to visually support the main theme of whatever we are talking about, which actually leads us into the second reason why sermon graphics are a good use of your limited time, and that's that people are able to remember the gist of your sermon series when they see the graphic. In fact, just recently, just to prove the point, I didn't want to just say it and then just walk Away from it. I wanted to prove this point to myself. So just recently, I took an old sermon graphic that we did with our student ministry back and I think it was like 2015. So seven years ago. I have a group chat with my former teenagers that are either college students, still like actually, they they the last the youngest two in that group chat just graduated high school and they were in like fifth grade when I showed up at the church. It's weird. I'm getting old. I'm getting used to it. I'm getting over it. It's totally fine. I'll cry after the after this podcast episode. But I did a test on them where I took an old sermon series graphic and just texted. I texted into the group chat, and I said, tell me what you remember from this series. And surprisingly, they were actually able to tell me what they remembered from the series. And the series was all about Jesus, and the series title was Icon, which intense, I mean, it was well, there was a lot of argument around the word icon and if it was okay to use it. But here's what they didn't realize of what I was doing. I was intentionally trying to do something that was a little little risky for them to remember what we were talking about, the fact of we think of what icons are in our culture and how we want to emulate them and follow them and, and this, that, and the other, and why we should follow Jesus. And they actually remembered that. And all I had to do was send a graphic into the group chat. And then after that, I sent another graphic into the group chat. It's like, hey, what do you remember from this series? And it was our our uncensored series and like oh yeah that's where we had conversations that were that, that the church doesn't have that we need to have like abortion and drugs and alcohol and these students five seven years after the sermon series was all done they could see that graphic and tell me what they actually talked about in fact i don't know if you actually know this that or not but 80 percent of people remember what they actually see Compared to 10% of what they hear and 20% of what they read. So that's another strong reason why I think when you are actually preaching and teaching, to use visuals while you're actually teaching. But more than even that, to have a sermon series graphic that gets the gist of the sermon series down. Because at the end of the day, as much as I love your church and I love your church people, they will not remember every single word that you say, no matter how hard you try. So rather than to just, you know, guilt them into remembering exactly all the words that you say, said, you can literally use these sermon series graphics in such a way where people can remember what you actually talked about going forward. Now, this is actually just like a bonus. This is not one of the, the the things that I wrote down for the four reasons. This just popped in my head just now. A student ministry that I actually volunteered at while I was in college, what they did is every single sermon series, they had the, the main series graphic, and then underneath of the sermon series graphic, they had what each week was all about. So like week one title, and here's the primary verse. Week two title, week three title, week four title, etc. however long the series was. They printed those on like a poster paper, like 12, by 18 or 11 by 17, they framed them and they put them in the student ministry. So when the student ministries walked in and they were hanging out in the room, they could see all the different sermon series graphics that they did for who knows how many years, and they could see what the points of those actually were. And I just thought that was super cool of what they were able to pull off with that. But let's get back into the reasons why sermon series graphics are a good use of your limited time. Number one is we just live in a visual culture, and we just have to understand that. Number two is people are able to remember the gist of the sermon series when they see that graphic. Number three is an easy way to create social media posts in the future. Rather than rework the system, you literally could just take what you already preach, use what that sermon series graphic is, and use that as a social media post. Now, I will tell you this. Sermon series graphic posts actually perform you <laughs> Poorer than other graphics, and you just have to understand that. But it is an easy way to have a church sermon series graphic just become a you know social media post, and it just works. But if you create your actual graphics correctly, you can then have a branding kit for that sermon series where you can take things that you said, quotes that you said, Bible passage you talked about, put it into that square design, so it still has the visual kind of flair and vibe of what the sermon series is all about. So it's almost all branded inside of that content where if someone sees a quote on Instagram or on Facebook or on Twitter, they could see that little icon in the corner, like legacy in the corner icon, so they can see what series that comes from. But for you, it creates a very, very simple template, so that way you can repurpose your sermon content. So it just makes another easy social media post for you in the future. And number four, another reason why sermon series graphics are effective use of your time is because it's easy to then create category-based resources on your Website. Now, this is more of an advanced thing, all right. So when you go to a lot of these big churches and you click sermons or listen or anything like that, a lot of times you will see these churches having their sermon series categorized by that image. So people can find what type of sermon series that they are actually looking for. And what's cool about a lot of this SEO is that when you create a new sermon series and then you have the individual sermons inside of that, people can search up um how to have hope in hard times. And if you preach that sermon, people then will be able to find that in the searches and then potentially even listen to that sermon, which is exactly what Chad Harms did, is they have all of their sermons up on Spotify and on their website. People are searching for just answers to their questions. They listen to his sermons. And now he has people literally all over the world that listen to his sermons. Simply because he has a way of categorizing all of it on his website. And so when people are on the website, they can easily see what different series you have going on. Or if you don't want to get super complicated, and let's say you just want to have a handful of, hey, here's some helpful resources that you have that can come along your journey. What our church did is we had a really cool uh, marriage and relationship series. We took that sermon series graphic, we made a dedicated webpage where people could listen to each week of those sermons, and we were very easy able to categorize all the sermons that fell under that, that sermon series, and then when people go to the website, they can just click that picture and listen to all the sermons that are right there. That's a more advanced feature, and if you want to talk more about how we can do that for your church website... No matter what platform you're on, it is very simple and easy to do so. Reach out to me at hello at smallchurch.media and we can, you know, just tell me what like what you want to do with your sermons and how you need help with that. And I can either give you free resources or hey, you can even hire me to do all this for you or coach you through the process. That is totally cool. But when you are making sermon series graphics for your church, you have to understand and remember that yes, we're living in a visual culture, but most importantly, people can remember the gist of your sermon series when they see that graphic in the future. It creates an easy social media post for you, and it's also an easy way for you to create category-based resources on your website. You know, I don't want to end this episode without giving you some actual, tangible walkaway things that you can do. So we're going to talk about where you can get these sermon series graphics because let's say you don't have a lot of time, all right? Let's say you're a, you're a bivocational pastor. You're only working 15, 20 hours a week at the church. You got to get your sermons ready. You got, got to disciple. You got to minister. You got to do visitations. Maybe you do door knocking. Whatever you do, you don't have a lot of time to do that. There are places where you can download your sermon series graphics. Uh, sometimes it's like a 20 a month charge. Sometimes it's like a 65 based on what package you get, and sometimes it's just completely free, but you're limited on what you're able to do with those, those graphics. But here's a few different places where you can get sermon series graphics made either for you, or you can type in your whatever your title is and just download it, or there's even one from Igniter Media, which is super cool, where you tell them what the title of your sermon is. They do the editing for you, just hand you everything that you need to go. But here's five different ways and different places where you can get either cheap or very, in my opinion, relatively inexpensive sources for your church sermon graphics. Number one is churchmediadrop.com. Now, churchmediadrop.com is just, uh, for for lack of a better word, it's a free resource library, kind of like small church media, but all the stuff that's there was created by other churches and other pastors and other creatives for you just to download and use. And in fact, if you're part of our email chain, which I would encourage you to do that, you would have received an email about a free Mother's Day video churchmediadrop.com is where we got that Mother's Day video. So churchmediadrop.com is completely free to download those files. Generally, though, to edit those files, you need like a Photoshop or something like that. But it's a good, good, good place to start. Another place, which is one of my favorites, is ChurchMotionGraphics.com. If you subscribe to one of their plans, you can download all of their their visual media movable backgrounds that you can use for the actual worship part of the service, or you can also do it where you're able to download and use their templates and use their title editor to make your sermon series graphics. It's another just—it's not free. It might be a little outside your budget, but I do know for small churches and church plans, they actually have scholarships, so look into that on their website. Another one, which is my favorite, is ignitermedia.com. The cool thing about that is, yes, you pay 65 bucks a month, I think is the highest package they have. It goes all the way down to like 20. But if you pay for the add-on of actually letting them edit and update your sermon series graphics, you literally just tell them what you want the title to be for the type of picture they have, and then they just send it to you and you are just going. It is awesome. Another one is if you're using Worship Tools Presenter, they have the presentation software where if you pay for the premium version of their software, you just get their, their sermon series graphics template library built into your software. And again, you don't need to do anything fancy, but it's a great way to just look good. You can do it all on your computer. It goes to the cloud, and then it's ready to go on Sunday morning service. I cannot talk more highly about Worship Tools. So if you're using their presenter software, or if you're trying to find a new presenter software, you're doing it that's just another reason why you should use worship tools. And the last one is if you use Canva Pro, they have the, the they they call them presentations or presenter where they're the, you know, 16 by 9 1600 pixels wide, 900 pixels tall. They just have templates that you can just simply use drag in a new image, you just type in some new text and you are just ready to go. And then the cool thing is if you are using Pro, you can copy and resize that element onto a square graphic or onto a social media story size so you can use that on your social media as well. But at the end of the day, I truly believe that sermon graphics are an effective use of your limited time. I hope those four reasons why were actually, you know, maybe pushed you a little bit more and be like, you know what? Yes, we there's a lot of rules I have to follow. There's some tips that can help me, but it still takes a lot of time. Hopefully this will just maybe encourage you to know, yes, it takes time, but it's a good use of my time. There's a lot of resources out there where you can pay a little bit to get just templates, or you can just download them for free and just plug into there about how you need to go. Or if you need custom ones designed for you, hey, I'll throw my services out there. I'm a graphic designer over at markhide.com, Mark with a C. I would love to work for your church and make any graphics that you guys need for that. Before I let you go, though, I want to end with one little quote from my friends over at Ministry Pass. Ministry Path.com, they said this, people need something to respond to, something tangible that they could relate to, and sermon series graphics add another element to your content that will help express the message you're trying to convey. I love that quote from Ministry Pass, and I hope you do as well. And just like I always say, it was an absolute pleasure hanging out with you guys here this week on the Small Church Media Podcast. If you listen to Apple Podcasts, it would be awesome if you left me a rating and review over there. Or if you're on Spotify, just leave me a rating. But if you have any questions, if you want to leave a comment in any one of these episodes, just go to smallchurchmedia.com where you can find this specific episode and you can just write a comment and I'll respond to that comment. Or if you have any questions, email me over at hello at smallchurch.media. And I would encourage you to join up for our email email chain, because here's the deal. I'm working on some really cool things, some mini courses to help you create sermon series graphic templates that will save you so much time in the future using Canva. And I want to make sure that you guys are the first people to hear about it. So go over to the website, smalters.media. There's a little pop-up that shows up on the homepage. Just put in your first name, your in your email address, click send. You'll get a free email to that PDF audit, downloadable, so you can use that. And that signs you up to our email newsletter. Or if you purchase, quote, not purchase, you download. Any From our free resource library, you're also included in that email chain because I do not want you guys to miss that. Well, just like I already said, it was an absolute pleasure hanging out with you guys this week on the Small Church Media Podcast. I hope to see you guys next week, but until then, have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Small Church Media Podcast. The Small Church Media Podcast is a part of Mark Hyde Creative.